You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome to episode number 37 of the Savvy Social Podcast. I'm actually uh, getting ready to head out to Alt Summit out in Palm Springs next week. So if you happen to be in Palm Springs and you're headed to Alt Summit, uh, check out my presentations. I'm doing a presentation on Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. And on Thursday at 11.30, we're going to talk about the power of Instagram. So definitely check that out. Also, I'm hosting a meetup for podcasters on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Check the app for details. I'm pre-recording this, so I'm not exactly sure um, what all the details are. I just know it's going down, and I'd love to meet you guys and hang out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Okay, so this episode is brought to you by Social Report, which is the world's most complete social media management tool and my social media management tool of choice. We love using Social Report for our clients, and you can try it out for yourself for 30 days for free. Click the link in the show notes or go to socialreport.com. Let them know we sent you your way. Uh, They are really great supporters of the show. Now, today's episode, I'm talking to Courtney Shaw, who is the founder of the Rule Breakers Club, where she teaches women how to package and sell their brilliance. She's pretty much the only person who can make writing sales pages fun and hint that involves rainbows and a pot of gold, which I love. Her work has been featured on places like Inc.com, FastCompany.com, Creative Live, and the Huffington post. Now, she's originally from Michigan, and she started her business in Paris, and now she currently lives in BC, and we kind of connected over Instagram because she's working on her citizenship as well. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, I um, am from Atlanta, and I became a Canadian citizen November 20th of 2018, so I am a proud Canadian now, and Courtney is working on that too, so we connected over that. Really looking forward to this interview. I know you guys will love it, so let's just dive right in. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today because I've been creeping you on Insta for a while, so we'll definitely get into that. Um, But I want to just start with your story. So how did you get started working in the online business space? Yeah. Well, I love that that question always because I don't have, I think, the typical entrepreneurship journey, but I also think a lot of people can relate to my kind of way of backing into entrepreneurship, which is really the entrepreneur on accident scenario, right? So I didn't like grow up being like, I'm going to run a business one day and having lemonade stands and being really industrious. I was always the creative artsy kid. And I just always wanted to be able to express myself. It wasn't ever in one specific channel, like I'm going to do painting or I'm going to do music or I'm going to do like, it was just sort of in general, like I just love all of it. And so um, I never knew what to do with that as a career. I ended up getting a French degree, which I don't know, thought felt was really creative. And I got to go hang out in France for a while. Um, and when it came to figuring out what I was going to do, like 
to make money in my career. I was actually living in Paris at the time and feeling the pressure of, okay, I've got to figure something out so that like, I can't, you know, just live in Paris on like, you know, no money forever, unfortunately. And I stumbled into this online business world and I was like, Ooh, that looks fun. So I just really hit me in all the right ways. I just, I, I got excited. Um, I saw, I could see the possibilities. I realized that I could, you know, live and work from anywhere and make money and work with people. And I never, ever looked back. My business has changed a lot since then. I, I haven't had the same business at all, but um, I haven't looked back at all in terms of wanting to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you don't mind me asking, what did you start off doing? Yeah, so it's interesting. So I was really mindful about assessing, you know, the, the traditional like, okay, what are you good at? What do you love to do? And what will make money? Like you kind of like making the list of the things that fit into all of those columns. And I did that as an exercise. And the thing that kept coming up for me was writing, but like writing to me, it was always this like, well, you're never going to make money writing, which is a very limiting belief, but that's the cultural narrative that we have around writing. And so I tried to feel like, okay, what would be a way I could use writing, but actually make money. And the thing that kept coming up was, um, it was 2009, 10, 11, around that time. And it was in the middle of the recession. So a lot of people are struggling to get jobs. I had training writing resumes. So I started out writing resumes. Yeah, crazy. Crazy because it's so... I've never had a real job. So that's hilarious in and of itself. Like, And I was helping people get jobs. And it was working. Like I was good at it. (laughs) Like Resumes were working. They were getting interviews. Um, But at the same time, it's very similar to copywriting, which is what I ended up doing, writing copy for online business owners and sales pages and helping them to launch their products and services online um, because it's all just language to sell yourself. So a resume, a cover letter, a website, a sales page, an email, it's all the same thing at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I realized after a little while, I was like, mm, I'm not loving this resume writing thing so much. Like it's such a, it, and job seekers are not typically that invested in wanting to spend a lot of money on their resume. So at least the people I was going after. So I really liked working with entrepreneurs a lot more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it kind of explains the evolution of what you do today. So um, you have a program called Yay for Clients. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I worked with a lot, mostly like 99% female creative entrepreneurs for a handful of years, probably like four or five years on writing website copy for their businesses. So I would help them with their about pages and their work with me pages and um, really showing them how to use language to attract their ideal clients and so they could get their business off the ground. And in the process of doing that, one of the, the things I started to see coming up a lot with my clients was they themselves weren't that clear on what they were offering. Like they knew I'm a life coach. I'm a social media coach. I, you know, I do this or I do that. I, you know, make jewelry, whatever it was, but they didn't know exactly what they were offering people to buy. Like they didn't have clear packages. And as I was working with them on their work with me page, I was actually helping them to package their services because I was like, I can't sell 
this. And so by working on the copy, they actually ended up changing their services. And then this happened again when I, when I sort of niched down more into writing sales pages for course creators is as I would work on the sales page with them, they would change their course. Cause I was like, well, that's not going to sell, or this is what people really want. And they would add modules or they change the name and they do all this. And I realized the issue people were having had less to do with writing copy and more to do with the origin of their packaging and their positioning, which if you do that correctly from the get-go, writing a work with me page or a sales page is honestly pretty breezy because you've already done all the work. But if you're trying, if you create something or you're kind of nebulous about what you're offering and you customize things for all your clients and it's always kind of different and you're not really sure, it's going to be really hard to sell it. And so Yay for Clients is a program where I teach entrepreneurs how to create a signature service so that they can book out that one service and make a full-time income from their business versus like freelancing or writing proposals and customizing their work for all of their clients. Yeah, that is so, so important because it's creating space for them to go deeper with that one, one um, offer. So I want to talk a little bit about how you use social media to um, kind of build your community so that they get into your program. So specifically Insta, because mm-hmm. I follow you on Insta stories and I love what you're doing with the engagement that you kind of use there. So tell us a little bit about your process going into creating content for Instagram or well, Insta stories specifically. Yeah. Okay. I love Insta stories. I was actually like not, I've been on Instagram longer than most people, like, which is the funny thing, but I just, the feed and the whole, like make the perfect feed and everything's beautiful and branded. Like that just never really resonated with me personally. So when Insta stories came out, I was always a big fan of Periscope. Like when it was popular for like five seconds in like 2015 or something. And when it's, when Periscope kind of started to die out, um, I was really sad because I really found my stride with that. And I find, I feel very, uh, natural speaking to people off the cuff. Like I, that is easier to me than creating a curated feed. So I really took to Insta stories and I love talking to people and I um, really just tried to share like a natural conversation. But it, when it comes to engagement, the filter I'm always using whenever I'm creating any kind of content on any social, but especially on Insta stories is I always ask myself, like, would I be interested in watching this? Would I respond to this story? If somebody asked me this question and I was like, you know, in the shoes of my target market, would I respond to that question? And so whenever somebody struggles with like, and people aren't like answering my questions or they're not engaging with my posts or they're not, um, like responding to my survey, it's always, well, you have to create it in a way that makes people want to respond. So I'll often sit for a while thinking of the best way to formulate my question so that it feels easy for people to respond to, because the more complicated you make the question or the longer you make the story or the longer you go on and on about this is my to-do list for the day, like nobody cares. And so you have to really think about how can I say this quickly? How can I make it engaging for people? How can I make it fun for people? How can I make it entertaining for people? And if it passes all those filters, I'll post it. But there's a lot of times I record stuff and then I delete it because I'm like, you know what? This doesn't, this isn't passing the test. 
Oh, that's such a good test because honestly, we're in the spaces that we're in too. We often work with people who have the same ideologies as us, who, who, you know, do business the same way we do business. So obviously we want to speak their language. So I love that you kind of ask yourself those questions before you post something, whether it's something that you personally would be interested in. Um, so when you are, um, creating your stories, I noticed that you get, you ask a lot of questions and um, that kind of encourages some engagement. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the wins that you've had from that? Like what are some of some nuggets or highlights from encouraging that engagement? Yeah, I, first of all, I'm obsessed with questions in general. Um, I think one of the reasons why is because I, um, I'm like 98% extroverted. So I'm like a real crazy person. Like, <laughs> like I can be very dominating in a conversation. I know this about myself. I don't love this sometimes about myself. So I'm, I try really hard to be mindful of not just like spraying my opinions and things I want to say. And so, um, asking questions, I'm always like making an intention whenever I go into a social situation, like, okay, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Cause it doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. Um, so I, I do have to be really mindful about it. And so when it comes to Instagram, I do that, but also it's just like, when you ask people questions, their brains can't help but to start to answer the question, even if they don't type you a DM or they don't answer your poll or whatever it is, you're still getting engagement from their brain more than if you just say something to them. Um, so knowing that I always am trying to formulate questions and some of the wins I've had from that are, um, one of my favorite things is asking people straight out, like how much money are you making in your business or how much money do you want to make in your business? Because the course I, I sell, Yay for Clients, direct, like the direct promise of this course is to help you make a full-time income from your business in the range of two to $5,000 a month. Like, and being so bold and tangible about that has helped so much. And it helps me a lot to be like, okay, are you making $5,000 a month from your business yet consistently? And it's really easy for people to like, no, yes or no. And so if they're not, I'm like, well, if you're not, this is what you need to do. And so it's really helped me to help my audience to help themselves, like to self-diagnose, oh, if I'm not at this point in my business yet, this is the strategy I should be using. Or if I'm at this point, because I think when you ask really open-ended questions, like it doesn't necessarily help people, but I like to give people like, is it this or that? Well, if it's this, then do that. And if it's that, then do this. And so that really helps people to um, self-coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I found that to be really, really helpful. Yeah, you're really kind of um, forcing people to think about the the facts of their business, which I really love. I feel like it, it, it's like in true. a really blunt way. <laughs> in a blunt way, because the the world we live in right now is like, you know, there's there's a lot of glamorous things happening on social media, like people in front of these giant homes with Lambos and all of yeah. this stuff. And it's like, it doesn't seem attainable. But when you say something simple, like, Hey, are you making 5k in your business? People go either go no, and I'm almost there mm -hmm. or they go, wow, I am. This is, you know, I'm, you know, I have a legitimate thing. Um, and so I think that it's, it's practical and it gives a mm -hmm. sense of your teaching style too, which I really love. It's, and it's tangible. And that goes back to everything I teach people around writing copy is, or sales in general. If you're trying to resonate 
with your target client or your target student, your target customer, you need to give tangible examples. So you can't say like, is your business successful yet? Cause like, like WTF does that mean? Like it, that could mean completely different things to different people. And so I know because I know the psychology of my target market, that my target market is not people who consider um, they need $10,000 a month to survive. My target market is people who are like, if I could just start making a couple thousand dollars a month, I would be so freaking excited about that and I would feel legitimized. So that helps to get rid of anybody who's sort of not in my realm because it's not all about that money, but that money is often in indicative of the psychology of the person I'm talking to. And so using those tangible examples versus something more nebulous, like, do you have confidence? Do you feel successful? Do you want happiness? Like that could mean anything to anyone. So you have to define for people what you mean by those more abstract terms. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. You're, you're clearly defining who you're talking to with that yeah. kind of language. Yeah. I like it. So, um, uh, earlier you talked about kind of speaking off the cuff and sharing your story. And I know that you also use YouTube as a way to do that. So can you talk a little bit about your process? And I think as you were talking, I think I remember you did Sunny's court or yeah, program yeah. on YouTube. Okay. Uh, can you tell us about that process and some of the results you've seen from YouTube? Definitely. So I've been um, making videos since probably um, like seriously since 2014. So about, um, four years. And the reason I decided to start doing video is because, um, I always ask myself, where is a strength of mine that isn't a strength of other people's? Like, I know, I know that can sound kind of competitive and it kind of is because I like playing the game of business. I don't take it personally. And I'm always like, okay, where do I have a competitive advantage in this game? And something that I realized is, you know what? Everybody is so afraid of being on video and I'm not but I'm not doing a lot of video. So I thought I could really exploit this because if I just up the quality of my video, like just 1% better than what the typical videos look like out there, I could really stand out because I'd have better quality. And most people are so freaking afraid to get on video. They're going to use that as an excuse for years and years and years. And in the meantime, I'm going to make progress. And that's exactly what I did. So I bought my DSLR camera. I learned how to use it. I started making videos and the videos were working and I was uploading the videos to YouTube, but I wasn't optimizing YouTube as a social media platform, I was using YouTube as a dumping ground to host my videos. Like I wasn't actually trying to grow my YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was after a few years, I suddenly had a thousand YouTube subscribers just from, you know, like from that happening, from doing that. And I thought, you know what? I should really look into this. I feel like this is a really missed opportunity for me. Now I had the chance of um, getting to know Sunny Leonard Doozy and becoming friends with her. We both live in Vancouver and we had um, some friends in common. And after getting to know her and you know starting to get into her realm and watching her videos, and she is freaking amazing. If you haven't watched Sunny's channel, everybody should be watching Sunny's channel. Um, I was like, I have to do her YouTube for Bosses course because it's literally targeted to digital entrepreneurs who want to make YouTube, um, a core piece of their social media strategy. Now, what's really cool about 
YouTube is that it's kind of the opposite of Instagram in a lot of ways. So whereas on Instagram, you have to kind of be there regularly. You've always got to have something going on to stay relevant. Um, it's very, it's a very now platform and is very social. Whereas, um, YouTube is actually a search engine. And, and when you put a video on YouTube, it's going to gain traction over time. It's going to get more and more SEO juice. YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world owned by the biggest search search engine in the world. And so you can get a ton of traffic from YouTube. Um, whereas you can kind of nurture those relationships more on Instagram. And so I think that using both of those platforms is a really cool combination because I'm going to be honest at the time of this interview, I haven't posted a YouTube video since, um, I think, maybe late August, early September. And right now we're talking, it's January. So it's been a few, like several months at this point. And I am, my YouTube channel is still growing. I'm getting more and more traction on it. We have opt-ins connected to it. People are going into our funnels, buying our courses, like, and, and so that's really cool. So on a day-to-day -day basis, I can be on Instagram and, you know, like makeup free yelling at people to do things. <laughs> and I can just let YouTube coast a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I like that you're using the combo move of like the instant fact of Instagram and then the kind of almost evergreen, ever growing um, aspects of YouTube to build up your brand. And I think it's important to note too that you're, you mentioned um, you're playing the game of business and you're leveraging your skills. And I think that is uh, an element of social media that sometimes we miss. It's easy to look at someone else's account and go, oh, I want to do that or I want to be that. But if that's not who you are, or if that's not a skill of yours, then it's going to be really hard. Um, but there are other things you can do. Like you use video, you use Instagram stories because that comes naturally to you. And so I think that's a really important thing to highlight for some of our listeners. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about um, how you use both Instagram and YouTube to get people into the funnels? I know that it's easy to just play on these platforms, but you, <laughs> yeah. you have to be strategic yeah. about it. So what are some of the strategies you use to make sure that, you know, people know that you aren't doing this for free and fun? Yeah, this is, oh, this is such a good question. I, um... So when I was, before we, we hopped on this call here, I was really thinking about like, what is my social strategy? Because I, I'm kind of a paradox sometimes. Like I kind of rebel against having a contrived personal brand. I get really turned off when I feel like people are like kind of selling their soul to be on Instagram. Like I just, anything that looks too perfect immediately repels me. But at the same time, I am also very strategic. And I think by being strategic, it gives me a container that I can play in, if that makes sense. So rather than having like, oh, I could do anything on YouTube. No, I am very clear what my goal and my strategy is on YouTube. And within that, I can play around um, and I can be me. So my motto is kind of like, be you, play the game. Like, don't get those two things confused confused that, um, you know, playing the game means you have to sell your soul. No, it's like playing Monopoly. You can play Monopoly to win and be kind of like competitive, but you can also have fun with it and not take it personally. And I feel like that's how we all need to approach business, especially with personal brands. So I just kind of wanted to unpack that a little bit because that game playing piece, I feel like is so important. I feel like Men almost do that too much and women in traditionally, right? Like I'm totally just over generalizing gender norms here, but 
like men tend to play the game and forget to have morals sometimes. And women are so worried about who they really are that sometimes they take the game too personally. So I feel like we can kind of each borrow from each other in, in those sweeping generalizations that I just mentioned. So um, in terms of how I get people into my funnel, it's about every time I create a YouTube video, I'm always like, okay, where are we driving traffic after this video? Um, when I'm on Instagram, I'm always thinking, okay, I, you know, I try to do a balance of sharing just kind of off the cuff, random personal stuff. And then, okay, a few times a week, I've got to, you know, promote this. I've got to, you know, send people this way. I've got to ask people a question about this topic to get them thinking about it. And so we have, you know, our link in profile on Instagram where I have the entrance points to our main funnels essentially. And so I just rotate, okay, which one am I going to talk about this week and or this month um, and what feels like the most natural one to go with. And so I'm constantly sending traffic in both directions. And then another thing I'm doing is I, I think you have to go deep versus wide. So mm. is really engaging with people in DMs, like mm. actually talk to people, ask questions and, and figure out where they're at. Don't spam them to like buy your crap. Like nobody wants spammy people on Instagram. There is enough of that. Um, but just, you know, I asked people this week, I said, Hey, um, is your goal to get more clients or to sell your course? And everybody who said, get more clients, I'm DMing them and like, okay, tell me about your services. Like, let me see if there's anything I can, like, I'm not spamming them. Hey, go buy my course. I'm engaging them in conversation. So I feel like it's just the human part is missing sometimes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. About funnels. Oh, yeah. I feel like sometimes because it's such a digital world and because we can literally connect with almost anyone we want to, we forget that every there's humans on the other side of the screen and we need to add that human element. So I like that you um, lead with that. You lead with questions. You lead with interest because that's really the power of connecting with it's people. It's so much easier than giving people unsolicited advice. Yeah. And Ask I don't questions and let them have the answer. And you literally have the easiest job in the world. Stop making it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I get one more message about, I don't know, something that I'm not interested in, I, I just want to know who's, who's like, who's getting into this stuff? Who's like, recommending this? Yeah, like, <laughs> who's not, some guru out there is telling people to do this and they need to stop because nobody likes it. <laughs> no. Oh, awesome. Okay. So uh, we're we're pretty much done with our interview and you talked about, um, your freebies. So I want to know, and I'm sure the listeners want to know, um, I know you have one that's about getting more clients now. Tell us more. Yeah. So I have this, um, I have this checklist. It's called 64 actions to get clients uh, now or ASAP. And essentially really what I did honestly is I went through my course and I pulled out, uh, I went module by module and I pulled out just a, a, a handful of, um, okay, what are some of the tangible things people can do um, that I'm willing to share for free? And so I put them into this checklist. It ended up being 64 things. So you don't have to do all 64, but we've had people just do a couple of the things. I just had someone message me this morning and was like, I just got two clients just from this checklist. <laughs> I was like, okay, I should probably stop giving away this checklist for free, but um, I won't. Um, so that is a great freebie you can get. I'm, I'm sure you'll put the link um, below. Um, and, and yeah, like use it, like get it and use it because it will 
help you to get clients uh, totally. And I want to hear about it. I want to hear what works for you because it makes me super happy. Yes. The link will definitely be in the show notes. So check that out. And then DM Courtney. So Courtney, what's your Instagram handle? Shout out. Yeah. My Instagram handle is at Courtney Shawl and that's uh, Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, C-H-A-A-L. Perfect. And that will be in the show notes as well for those of you listening. Uh, Thanks so much, Courtney. This has been great. Thanks for having me. It was so nice to be able to finally chat with you. Yes, it's definitely fun. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.